Hope. It is great to be with you here this morning. A nice, nice chilly Tuesday morning. Thanks for tuning in for today's TNT. We're on the first tee this week. It's Tuesday, so glad you're here. It's also Groundhog Day. I know you're all aware of that as a recurring holiday that we get excited about. We have tried to set up the logistics for us to come to you live this morning from Gobbler's Knob, Pennsylvania, um, but just couldn't figure it all out. There's some travel restrictions, some other stuff going on. Uh, so while I was out driving around yesterday thinking about, since we can't come to you live from Gobbler's Knob, Pennsylvania, what could we do instead? And I saw this guy on the side of the road selling groundhogs. It says one time a year where he gets to, you know, make a profit and do some cool stuff with groundhogs. So I stopped and laid out a few bucks and bought one. Now, this guy assured me, he assured me uh, that these groundhogs were genuine groundhogs for Groundhog Day. Uh, I had my doubts from the very beginning, but I figured it was worth a shot for you. I wanted to take that shot. And um, so if anybody here today knows anything about groundhogs, I'm going to need your uh, expert opinion on whether or not this groundhog that I bought yesterday is a genuine groundhog. Does that, does that look like the guy that comes out every year? I'm kind of thinking I might have, might have wasted my money on that. So still Groundhog Day one way or the other. Do this for me this morning. Jump into the comments. Let us know where you're watching from. I know we've got people watching with snow on the ground some places. Others that are watching from some uh, much sunnier locales, uh, some places that have much better weather. I was just clicking around and, and checking in on YouTube and Facebook. Um, Brianna, it is great to have you here this morning. Uh, so glad you're here. Heidi, uh, Leonore, uh, always good to have you guys jumping in with us on YouTube. I'm excited <clears throat> to be with you all this morning. David Simmons. And brother, great to see you on here this morning. Neil Davis, glad to have you here. Um, these are such important and fun times for us, <clears throat> excuse me, to, uh, to get together, to share the word of God, to know <clears throat> that in these times, it's tougher to, to make these kind of connections than it ever has been, at least in my lifetime, um, as we continue to go through the global pandemic together. Um, and we're going to go through it together. We're going to get out the other side, and we're going to see what great things God has for us on the other side. But getting through it right now um, is, is challenging. The relationships, I know uh, all of us have relationships that have shifted significantly in these time periods. So let me encourage you to do one thing today. Uh, let me encourage you to do a couple of things. Well, the first one is, is this. Um, if you have not already signed up to be in one of our life groups, man, let me encourage you to do that. Uh, they're forming right now. Um, those life groups are great because they bring other people around you and together with you as you're walking through a time um, as, as you've been with us over the last several weeks, a, a place, we, a land we've never been before, a place we've never been, a, uh, a time that we've never had experience in. And others around you uh, will help you walk towards Christ in these days. Um, whether you're brand new in the faith, whether you've been in this thing for a significant period of time, or whether you count your time in the faith in, in, in decades, um, you probably need a someone or a few someones around you to help you um, some days. And then other days you get to be the one that helps them. So life groups are open. You can text LG, uh, as in life group, you can text LG to 642123. Uh, you can also go to newhopechurch.tv. Uh, check out the life groups. We have a life group finder, so you can filter out, uh, get it down to the one or two or, or four or five that you want to choose from based on where you live, what time you want to meet, what day you want to meet, um, all of that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, uh, I want you in a life group. I want you in a life group because it's going to help you in your walk towards God, and that's really why we're doing the TNTs. That's why, why we exist as a church, to know Christ and make him known and uh, to allow us to grow in our ongoing faith uh, with him. So they're forming right now. They're about to get going here in a couple of weeks. So get in there, get into a life group. Okay, um, we have tackled 
um, the better part of the book of Proverbs so far in TNT. Uh, we're going to tackle Proverbs 28 today. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. So if your translation is a little bit different, uh, it's different, it's going to read a little bit different. But the, the concepts will be there. Uh, all the ideas will be there. Um, um, so grab it. Grab, you've got your Bible. You've got your Bible app. You've got your phone, whatever. Flip over to Proverbs chapter 28 this morning. Now, as I was studying for this, um, read through it a few times, trying to get ready. It's, this chapter almost feels like... Um, someone has taken 28 of their most recent fortune cookies and stuck them together and said, this would be a great chapter in the Bible. I mean, it's just, at times it feels very random, at times it feels very scattershot. And because of, of that, uh, there's actually some debate uh, among scholars as to whether or not Solomon wrote this at one sitting, whether he wrote the whole thing kind of in different chunks and put it together, or whether he just uh, compiled kind of some of the, the words of wisdom that were, that were contemporary to him at that time and put it all into one thing, and none of which matters. Here, here's the idea. It's, a, it's the scriptures. We know all scripture is God-breathed, so we know where it has come from. <clears throat> we know that it's God's word to us. So we're going to dig through a little bit today. There's a couple of major themes that do exist, and they repeat themselves over and over uh, throughout this chapter. So we're going to dig through those. We're going to skip around a little bit, but don't worry. I'm, I'm here to guide you. Um, we're going to get there together. So to begin with, Proverbs chapter, <clears throat> chapter 28, verse 1. I'm going to drink some of my morning water uh, warmed up to a very high temperature, run through coffee grounds. Um, I'm going to try to clear my throat up while we do that. So if you've got yours, let's go. All right, good as gold now. All right, Proverbs chapter 28, starting in verse 1. Solomon comes right out with some, some, some truth. Uh, he says, the, ricked, the, ooh, the wicked run away when no one is chasing them, but the godly are as bold as lions. So right off the bat, he kind of lays out where we're going to go in this chapter and what, what things we're going to look at. Um, he says, the wicked run away when no one is chasing them. When I read that, it kind of reminded me of the old saying, and maybe your parents used to say this to you, the longer it takes you to explain what happened, the more likely you are that you're lying. You, you ever heard that? Um, so the wicked run away when no one is chasing them is kind of the first truth present in this, in this first verse. Um, a guilty conscience will always leave you in a position of looking over your shoulder to constantly see if you're being caught, constantly see if someone's going to find out what you've been done. But then the other half of that truth, the other side of it in verse uh, one is the second half. But the godly are as bold as lions. When, when we as followers of Christ are living the life that we know that we're called to live and we're hearing the voice of God and we're paying attention to what he has to say and then we're being obedient to it, you know what, we can stand up and we don't have to constantly be looking over our shoulder to see if somebody's going to find out what we did or that, that uh, they're going to discover something and, and start to, to ask us questions or maybe even reveal that to us. Uh, so it's one of the major themes that we're going to look at throughout this entire chapter is how are we living? How's our obedience to God looking? How, how quick are we to obedience? I, I have heard uh, one of my favorite preachers, he has said time and time again that the measure of our maturity in Christ is how much time it takes from knowing what to do to obedience. Like the length of that time, the shorter that time is, the more mature and the more maturing we are in Jesus Christ. So we're going to talk about that <clears throat> a little bit this morning. Because who we are, who you are, and who I am in private will always, always come out in public. It's just the way it works. Um, there's, no, there's really no way around it. Um, and it is absolutely a lie that I believe, a, a lie that comes from Satan himself, to think or to claim that you can have one set of character 
uh, traits that you can have one character in private and you can have a different one in public and those two things will never meet. Uh, it, is, it is a lie that has really held back uh, a lot of things in potentially your life, potentially my life. I know there's been times where I've thought I could split the two apart and, and act like I'm one thing privately and then do something different publicly. Uh, so I want to close those gaps down this morning a little bit. I want to close the gap between uh, knowing and obeying. I want to close uh, the gap between what our public life is and what our private life looks like. Because they, they just they can't be separated. Uh, Jesus deals with it in Luke chapter 12. Um, the, the, the New Living Translation of Luke chapter 12 actually titles this particular passage uh, a warning against hypocrisy. The concept of hypocrisy is being of two faces or, or having two different sets of character qualities depending on where you are, who you're with, what is going on around you. So Luke chapter 12, Jesus says, uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 2. The time is coming when everything that is covered up will be revealed and all that is secret will be made known to all. Whatever you have said in the dark will be heard in the light and, you, and what you have whispered behind closed doors will be shouted from the rooftops for all to hear. For me, this can either be uh, an incredibly scary promise or an incredibly awesome promise uh, to know that, that our private life, uh, when it's in good shape, not, not perfect, none of us are perfect uh, this side of heaven, but when our private life is in good shape, that it won't scare us when someone shouts it from the rooftops. Take it, think of it like this. If your neighbors, one of them, got a crazy wild idea one day and climbed up on your rooftop and began to declare to your entire neighborhood, I want to tell you all about this person. And, and what they start with is, man, there's no doubt this person loves God. And they love their neighbors, and they're always willing to help somebody else, and they're always kind to me. Um, okay, like, I'm, I'm probably not going to jump up there and rip you off my rooftop if you're saying things that are, that are nice and true at the same time. Um, but if they got up there and started saying things that were either true but were in my private life and I thought could stay there or were not true, I'd probably have a different, a different reaction. I know I would. I would find a ladder and get up there and, and uh, probably take care of the situation. Um, whatever we do when it's shouted from the rooftops, when our life lines up with God's word and we're, we're doing it privately and publicly the same thing and they're, they're in alignment, and it does, that, that promise becomes really, really awesome to us. But when we're not, when we know that there's places of our life that need to get worked on and need to be fixed up and, and we're not there yet, um, but we're also, we also know what we're supposed to be doing, but we're not doing it, then uh, that promise can become a little bit scary to us. So that's kind of the context for this, uh, this first major theme uh, through Proverbs chapter 28. Um, go with me now. Let's pick up Proverbs 28 in verse 4. It says, To reject the law is to praise the wicked, and to obey the law is to fight against them. Evil people don't understand justice, but those who, under, but those who follow the Lord understand it completely. Better to be poor and honest. Listen to this. Better to be poor and honest than to be dishonest and rich. So listen to some of the, let's go pull out some of the things that are in this, these verses, these uh, heart issues, these, these matters of, of character. Reject, obey, follow, honest, dishonest. Every single one of those traits is primarily a matter of the heart. They, now they show up in public but they show them public only after they're developed in private. And we're going to hear that same emphasis several times throughout the chapter. Um, in fact, that's, we're going to deal with the private, and then we're going to come back and deal with some of the public, the leadership truth, the, um, how we handle the situations around us 
uh, public side of it. But this one is aimed specifically at individuals, or mostly at individuals. Um, setting an honest person against a dishonest person. Setting a person who does the right things versus someone who does the wrong things. Um, that's that's the, the core of the first major theme that, that I see in Proverbs 28. So we're going to keep rolling along here. And, and listen, listen for those. Listen for that honest, dishonest, obey, follow, reject. Listen for that as we take up in uh, verse 14. Blessed are those who fear to do wrong, but the stubborn are headed for serious trouble. We can all say amen to that. You ever been stubborn in your life? Almost always ends up in serious trouble. A wicked ruler is as dangerous to the poor as a roaring lion or an attacking bear. And a ruler with no understanding will oppress his people. But one who hates corruption will live, will have a long life. And then jump with me to verse 20, if you would. The trustworthy person will get a rich reward, but a person who wants quick riches will get into trouble. And we see the second half, especially, of verse 20 being played out uh, oftentimes in our culture and our um, uh, you know, the ads on TV, and here's how to make a million dollars this month, and here's how to do... That stuff always seems to kind of come crumbling down in a pretty bad way. But as we look at those four verses, there's some, some again, some of the matters of the heart. So I want you to take uh, the moment that we have here this morning and, and lay open your heart to God. The matters of the heart in these, these verses, fear to do wrong or a desire to do right is the opposite of that. Stubborn, wicked, dangerous, oppresses others hates corruption, trustworthy. So Solomon, whether he wrote or compiled these, uh, this, this particular chapter, um, he's continuing that same um, sh- opportunity to show the difference between the heart and the life that obeys God and the one that looks to any, any other source for direction in life. Um, that could be that other source. Could, could be society. Could be a book you just read. Could be what you're choosing to believe. Um, any other source that isn't God and his word. Let's, let's just keep it simple. Let's not try to figure out all that is going on around us. We keep it simple by going back to the Word of God. What does God say to me in this moment? What, is, what, is his, what do his scriptures give me guidance and direction to do? If we simply follow the Bible, man, everything in our life, uh, from, from an obedient side point, becomes, usually becomes much more clear. Let's, let's keep it simple. Let's keep it at the Word of God. Okay. One more set of verses uh, to talk about kind of that personal obedience, the, the private life side this morning. Uh, we're going to jump down to verse 25. It says, Greed causes fighting. Trust in the Lord leads to prosperity. Those who trust their own insight are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. Those are, uh, again, greed, trust, my own insights wisdom. Do you see how Solomon is drawing this very clear line between what happens when we follow God and and what happens when we don't, what happens when we're privately obedient and what happens when we aren't? Follow God, and and I'm telling you, you will release buckets of buckets of blessings into your life. Um, Follow your own way, choose a different direction, choose any direction other than the Word of God, and you're fighting an uphill battle in this life. And, and I want you to live in a place where you, where you understand and, and are receiving the blessings of God. And not where you're fighting an uphill battle the whole way. And that's, that's what Solomon's desire was too. Now, Solomon didn't come to this particular chapter as an exercise in head knowledge. Um, he was the 10th son of David. Yep, that, that David, King David, the king of Israel, who wrote most of the book of Psalms. Uh, probably one of the most well-known men of scripture outside of Jesus himself. Um, but if you know anything about David, he didn't start as 
the king of Israel. He didn't start as a man of great wealth and great prominence. Um, he didn't. He didn't even begin after a man. Uh, he didn't begin as a man after God's own heart early in his life. There was a learning process that went on there. Um, he started out lonely, on a hillside, far-flung pastures, taking pasture, pastures taking care of uh, the flocks of his family. Um, he actually started as the forgotten son. Um, he he was sent to do the work that no one else wanted to do, uh, but had to had to be done. But I love what he did while he was out there. He didn't wallow in pity. He didn't say, "Woe is me! I feel bad for myself." He, uh, he learned to hear the voice of God off all by himself. He learned to worship God when no one was around. Um, he developed this incredible heart to become a man after God's own heart. And while he was there, he also learned to protect his flock from things like animals and, um, that, that saw his flocks as an easy meal. So as I was studying for this particular chapter, this part of the devotion, um, I was reminded of my wife's grandfather, uh, a gentleman by the name of Bradley Fisher. Um, one of his favorite jokes actually has to do with, with what David was doing quite a bit. Um, he would always tell a joke about a guy who's walking through the forest and comes upon a bear uh, who's standing in the middle of the path in front of him. And uh, the man is a man of faith, man of prayer. So he instantly drops to his knees and folds his hands, bows his head, closes his eyes and said, Lord, I know you love me. Please protect me from this bear that is staring at me right now and clearly wants to eat me. Amen. So he unfolds his hands and he opens his eyes and looks up at the bear. And right as he's doing it, he, he sees that the bear is also a, a bear of faith and a bear of prayer. So the bear folds his big paws together and closes his eyes and bows his head. And he says, Lord, thank you for this meal that you have just provided for me in a miraculous, miraculous way. Um, Bradley used to tell that joke quite often on a regular basis. And I loved it. Um, he was, he was an incredible man, Bradley was, in, in, so, in so many ways. Um, for 50-plus years, he spent his life pastoring churches in Oklahoma, Kansas, Colorado, and some of the smallest communities out there, um, just loving people. And while he served in these small communities, he was, man, he was anything but a small man. At his height, uh, at, at, his, at his maximum, he was about six foot five. By the time I met him, he was closer to 6'3 or 6'4. His age would begin to slump his shoulders a bit. Um, the first time I met him, I remember, I'll never forget, <clears throat> I put my hand out and I shook his hand, and uh, he smiled. My, Heather and I were simply dating at the time. He smiled a little half-smile like he knew something I didn't know, and he said, hey, aren't, aren't you the guy that was at chapel a few weeks ago in a dress? So that's how we started the conversation with the guy that would eventually become my, my grandfather-in-law. Um, he, in fact, I was. I, I was in just a moment of confession. I was in that chapel a few weeks ago uh, in a dress. My wife and I were attending a Bible college. I was part of a skit. <clears throat> I promise you. I promise you it was appropriate in the moment for me to be in a dress. It wasn't like a cross-dressing phase I was going through. At least in the mind of an 18-year-old college student, it made sense to me in that moment to be in a dress. I look back now and think I probably could have made a better, if not a different, decision uh, than that. So that was, that was my first introduction to Bradley Fisher. That was the first moment that I met him. And over the course of, of the rest of his life, man, I got to know him in, in so many ways and really got to fall in love with him deeply. We'd sit on the couch in his, in his home and we'd talk about um, by the, just the scriptures and what the faithfulness he'd seen from God throughout his, his lifetime and where he saw God moving even today. Um, I used to love to hear him preach. He was, as I said, he was 6'4", 6'3", at that point, and he would tower behind these pulpits. Uh, was just a big man, but, but 
preached about the love of God and how much God loves us and, and just wants us to be uh, one with him. And he wants us to experience that forgiveness. Uh, from time to time, Heather and I would stay at their house and the bedroom we stayed up in was, uh, was up the stairs and then to the left. And on the other side of the hallway, on the other side of the upstairs hallway was his study. And I can remember walking into his study from time to time and looking around at 50 plus years of meticulously hand-typed manuscripts, uh, 50 years of preaching and 50 years of ministry. And I was impressed. I, I was taken aback by how faithful he was. Um, and one of the things that I remember about him as much as anything else is that Bradley Fisher was the same in the pulpit as he was on that couch at his house. Um, it was the same love of God. It was the same, let me tell you how much he loves you. Let me tell you why you need to be and can be in a relationship with him. One of the things that I respected about and still respect about Bradley Fisher more than anything else is that who he was in public and who he was in private was exactly the same guy. So this is the context or the, the setting where Solomon steps into right chapter 28, um, not from head knowledge, but from watching his father, King David, live a life in front of him that mostly, for the most part, there were, there were moments, but for the most part, lined up publicly and privately. This deep heart of worship for God that David developed on, on, on hillsides all by himself, um, the, the ability to play a harp that David developed um, while guarding the flocks, uh, while doing all those things. Solomon saw what that resulted in his, in his life. And he's, he's writing these to us saying, if you will live publicly uh, and privately in the same way, then, then there will be a hand of God upon your life that, that, that only God can do. So David um, lives his life in front of Solomon in this way um, long before he was uh, the writer of most of the book of Psalms, long before uh, he was the king of Israel, long before he worshiped God publicly in such a way that his wife was embarrassed about, embarrassed for him. Um, in essence, he spent all of these hours and years off alone developing not his skill in worship, but developing his heart in worship, developing his ability to hear the voice of God, to obey the voice of God, knowing that God had taken him out of situations that could have even been more dangerous than the ones that he found. Um, all of that was preparation for the day that shepherd David was going to become King David. And when David stepped into the kingship, he stepped in there ready to lead, not, not because he, uh, he had any idea what it meant to be a king. Not that he had any idea what it was to lead people as a king, but he was ready because his heart was ready. His heart was ready because he had ready it over the course of his life, getting ready uh, to be a man after God's own heart. And uh, David knew in, those, in, in his life, David knew what Bradley Fisher knew, that if you live with integrity in your private life, um, it will ultimately translate into integrity in your, in your public life. Um, if you worship God when no one is watching, you'll be ready to lead others to him, towards him, uh, when people are watching you. Um, but the opposite is also true. How you live privately uh, will always impact how you live publicly. How I live privately always impacts how I live publicly. And so Solomon saw that in David. I saw that in Bradley Fisher. Um, and uh, what Solomon didn't see, he heard stories about, trust me, he heard stories about King David uh, probably all day long to the point that he may have gotten a little bit tired of people saying, do you know about your dad? Have you heard this one about your dad? Um, but his dad's private life so severely impacted his public life that that's why he was called a man after God's own heart. Um, like a lot of you, I remember um, the impeachment trial, um, 
not, not the one from a year ago and certainly not the one we're about to embark upon, but the one way back, way back, back in 19, uh, 1998, 1999, the impeachment trial of Bill Clinton. And uh, there was this, uh, you know, that issue was perjury and obstruction and obstruction of justice. And uh, it was the first time in my lifetime, regardless of, of where you come down as to whether you should have been impeached or should have, it's not the point. The point is I remember for the first time in my life seeing in a public forum, in a public discussion, um, a conversation about whether or not private life had any impact on public life and the ability to lead, uh, the ability to, to be a leader. Um, and there was really two sides of the argument. There was those who said everything you do pri privately becomes part of your public life, and there were those who said um, what you do publicly and what you do privately are totally disconnected. Remember how we started by talking about that lie, that lie that what you do privately doesn't have any impact on what you do publicly? As as that impeachment trial wrapped up, the Miller Center did a, uh, a poll of people in America, how they felt about President Clinton, both as an individual and as, as president. And, and, and I want to read one of the findings from their study. As the impeachment process unfolded, Clinton's ratings and public opinion polls were at an all-time high, hovering at close to 70%. Most Americans gave Clinton low marks for character and honesty, but very high marks for performance. There is a lie built into us, and there is a lie that we believe that what we do privately, low marks for character and honesty, and what we do publicly, high marks for performance, can somehow be disjointed from each other. And as long as our public life is what we want it to be, then we're okay. Our public life is always a reflection of our private life. So Solomon spends significant portions of chapter 28 talking about our, our private life because he knows it's super important, it's critical that we get that right. But then let's go back through chapter 28 quickly. I want to read a few verses, um, then I want to bring us to a point of prayer. And these verses deal more with the public side of, of our life, how the private life becomes the public life. Um, he says in verse 2, When there is moral rot within a nation, the government topples easily. But wise and knowledgeable leaders bring stability. Um, and then jump with me to verse 12. When the godly succeed, everyone is glad. When the wicked take charge, people go into hiding. And then verse 28, which is kind of a restatement of verse 12. When the wicked take charge, people go into hiding. But when the wicked meet disaster, the godly flourish. So similar themes that we heard in the public or the private side, we begin to hear on the public side of, of the conversation here. We talk about moral rot, wise leaders. Everyone is glad. People go into hiding. Disaster. Flourish. When we decide to live private lives that are full of sin, when you and I as followers of Christ decide that it's okay to sin in our private life, our public life will reflect that. And not uh, out of judgment a lot of times. A lot of times it's the grace of God that's, that reveals what is happening privately so that we can fix it. It's the grace of God that says, you've tried to cover this up, I want to reveal it publicly so that you can repent and, and become more like him, which is really the ultimate goal, right? Um, who, who you are, who I am when the lights are off will eventually become who we are when the lights are on. Um, I could, you could rattle off an endless list of politicians, celebrities, uh, friends, even pastors who have had significantly dark places in their private life that have become public and it has caused them a, a lot of pain, destruction, ruin financially, all kinds of things that happen. Um, that's why I respect a guy like Bradley Fisher who 
much like Billy Graham, never touched by a hint of scandal, never accused of any kind of immoral behavior. His private life lined up perfectly with his, his public life. Um, I can't go and fix the world today. I'm trying. It's on my list. Maybe you can jump in there and help me, but here's the deal. All I can fix is the private life that I have between God and I. Um, most days, I have enough trouble just doing that. I have enough trouble keeping my obedience in check uh, and close uh, to, to where it needs to be. So that's where I want us to kind of land this morning. Um, what is it in my heart? What is it in your heart that you think you can keep private, that I think I can keep private? That were it to be made public, it would damage your witness, it would hurt your family, um, it would hurt your business, it would do something because it's not line, it's not behavior and obedience lined up with the Word of God. Um, I guess let me just simply say today's a great day to work on your private life. It's a really good time to do that. Let let God, as, as I pray here in just a moment, let God show you areas of your heart that need to change, and then listen. Be like David on the side of a, of a mountain and just listen to God um, and obey. Because then you become like the shepherd king David, who became all, a man after God's own heart in private, so that his public life could be everything God wanted it to be. Um, two, two more passages that I want to just close us on as we go to prayer. Both of these are pinned by King David, and both of these speak of, of what position I want our heart to be in as we pray this morning. Psalm 139, David writes in verse 23 and 24, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me in the path everlasting. Lead me in the path of everlasting life. And then in Psalm 19, verse 14, David says, May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Uh, I want to pray for us. Reminder, if you need prayer, if, if as we pray, God is revealing some parts of your heart that need to be submitted to him, that need to find obedience to him, um, we'd love to pray with you. It's one of the great privileges we have here at New Hope. Uh, you can text the word prayer to 642-123, and we will we'll have a, a real live human being uh, get in touch with you and pray with you, pray for you. Um, it's something that we love to do. So let me pray for us this morning as, as we, we get on with our Tuesday. Lord, um, one, of the, one of the lies that we believe so much is that we can keep things hidden, and they'll never, never see the light of day. Um, Lord, we come to you today and just admit that that's a lie. And we ask, God, that um, you would search us and know us this morning. You already do. And now reveal to us the areas of our life that need, to, um, that need to come into alignment with your word. Lord, remind us of the places where you've asked us to start or stop something, and we haven't obeyed you. Bring that obedience closer this morning. Lord, help us to take that step of obedience. Um, at the end of the day, Lord, we want our private life um, and our public life to be identical because at some point they will be revealed as to how they're different. And we want them to be glorifying to you uh, when that day comes, when our neighbor climbs up on the rooftop and begins to tell the neighborhood about us. Uh, we want what we've done in private and what we've done in public to be the same thing. And Lord, when we stand in front of you, we want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your reward. And may we keep our private life in check with your word today so that our public life uh, will always line up and glorify you. Lord, uh, be with us as we go throughout our Tuesday. So, so thankful this morning, God, for these incredible people. So thankful for your word that we get to break open and share together. Um, as we walk today, may the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
listen to it. Go have a great Tuesday. Happy Groundhog Day. Um, I'm hoping that maybe on Thursday um, when we, we start, we'll replay this exact one over again so you're reminded of the movie Groundhog Day where you just go over the same thing over and over again. Hey, go walk today. Let the words of your mouth, the meditation of your heart be acceptable in the sight of the Lord who is our rock and our redeemer. I love you, New Hope. We'll see you Thursday.